Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year-long crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible. We'll include excerpts from his spoken ministry, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the Scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. As Christians, we admire and appreciate very much those who are gifted and eloquent and use their gift for the Lord. We love to hear an exciting preacher holding an audience spellbound with a mighty convincing gospel message. But do you realize that such a gifted one in the first century church, as seen in Acts, led many people to the Lord Jesus? He was zealous and bold, and he used his gifts for the Lord. But he was also the cause of a serious problem, nearly dividing the body of Christ, all because of his lack of the full revelation of God's up-to-date move at that time. Are we in God's up-to-date move today? We all must ask ourselves and the Lord Jesus this vital question. This is our focus on today's Life Study of the Bible, a program furnished by Living Stream Ministry and based upon the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Today we come again to the Book of Acts and the 1984 Life Study of Acts given by Witness Lee. We'll have recorded portions of his ministry as well as some fellowship of the main items and Ed Marks is with us once again to be a part of our broadcast and Ed, we're very happy that you could join us today. Chris, I'm happy to be here again. I believe this will be a marvelous unveiling concerning God's up-to-date move on this earth today. Ed, we're going to spend some time today looking at one of the really interesting characters, I think, in the New Testament, and that is Apollos. He must have been a very compelling person because the record concerning him is not detailed or lengthy, but he had quite an impact. What do we know about Apollos, Ed? Chris, basically speaking, Apollos is referred to in Acts 18, 24 through 28. Uh, we know that he was a native of Alexandria, which was a center of learning at that time. The Bible says that he was an eloquent man, and he was powerful in the Scriptures. He was instructed in the way of the Lord, and he was burning in spirit. These are all wonderful qualities. I mean, we need to be people who are filled with the Bible. We should be burning in spirit. We shouldn't be lukewarm. You know, thank the Lord for Brother Apollos. But what we see is he was lacking in the full revelation of God's eternal purpose on this earth. Because the Bible goes on to say, he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus, though he knew only the baptism of John. So he taught the things concerning the Lord Jesus, but he wasn't up to date with the Lord in his move at that time. So Priscilla and Aquila had to have some time with him, and expound to him the way of God more perfectly. Because Apollos didn't have a full revelation of God's eternal purpose, and because he preached an incomplete revelation that wasn't according to God's up-to-date move, this created a lot of confusion. So it's not a matter that his speaking was necessarily wrong, it just wasn't complete according to what God had delivered to the saints up to that time. Exactly, Chris. 
This is an interesting case, Ed, and I think there is a lot of enlightenment to be found in these passages. We're going to join Witness Lee now with this first portion. Before Paul went to uh, visit Ephesus, Apollos was there. Apollos was very good. Not only pious, he knew the way of the Lord in the New Testament way. But he only heard the uh, economy of God up to the step of John the Baptist ministry. This tells us that it is quite possible even uh, the Lord's New Testament way has been going on on this earth up to this time, probably from John the Baptist quite close to 30 years. Yet here is Apollos still not knowing God's economy farther than the ministry of John the Baptist. He was a person very, very knowledgeable of uh, the old scriptures, and he was considered as a great teacher of the Old Testament. Yet, he was not brought up to the extent that he knew the Lord's move has gone farther than the ministry of John. So he stayed behind the scene at least 25 years to 30 years backward. He was very good, I repeat. He was very scriptural and he was very powerful in expounding the uh, Holy Word. Yet he was backward. You see, here we must learn the lesson that uh, we could see today among the Christians many good lovers of the Lord. And they do know something, no doubt. Yet they are backward. In my Christian life, I met a good number of dear saints. Yet, according to what I have learned and experienced, they were good, yet they were backward. They didn't see how far the Lord has gone further than what they saw. So today, any one of us must humble ourselves, and I would use the Lord's word, it is better to empty our spirit. Christ is he who is poor in the spirit. And the word there in Matthew 5 surely refers to the fact that so many Jewish leaders saw God's move in Old Testament, but they couldn't see God was going to have a new start in his New Testament. So the Lord Jesus in his Sermon on the Mount, firstly pointed out that you, the Jewish leaders, Pharisees, and uh, scribes, rabbis, and also all others, all of you should be poor in your spirit. Amen. That you might be up to date to see the Lord's move, not in the old way. And uh, I must say this. By reading the Bible, we can see since chapter 4 of Genesis, you could see 
the Lord has been moving step by step. She moved at the time of Enos. Then she moved in a way at the time of Enoch. Then she moved in a way at the time of Noah. Then she moved further at the time of Abraham. And further at the time of Moses. And further at the time of David. And further at the time of Elijah. And Zechariah and Malachi. Then the Lord moved away further at the time of John Baptist and so forth. So many of us should be just contented with what we have already gotten. We should humble ourselves and pour out what is filling our spirit up, that our spirit may be ready to receive something further to see something new of the Lord's move up to date. Ed, I think the case of Apollos might be one of the most interesting in the New Testament. The scripture gives us the picture of a pious, godly, educated, and gifted brother who was very bold to speak for the Lord. And many received help from him. But his speaking contained a serious defect. He was short of the vision of God's up-to-date move, and he needed the help of other members to be brought into it. Ed, what is this analogous to in today's situation among believers? Well, Chris, this really fits our situation today as believers. You know, many believers, they're just not up-to-date with the Lord in his present move. If we look throughout the Old Testament, throughout the New Testament, and throughout church history, God has a move. God just keeps on flowing. He's like like a river, and he flows throughout the ages. And he does have an up-to-date, present move on the earth today. And we need to realize as believers that our vision may fall short of God's move today. Uh, this was the case with Apollos. We don't want this to be the case with us. I would like to just share something that Brother Watchman Nee shared. Uh, Brother Nee points out that, uh, let me just read this. He says, in the Old Testament, both Solomon and David represented the Lord. The two persons represented the one ministry in two separate ways. In the Old Testament, there were many ministries. After Moses, the judges were raised up. After that, there was Solomon, the kings and the prophets. After the Israelites were taken into captivity, the vessels for the recovery were raised up. The Old Testament is filled with different kinds of ministries. But then Brother Nee says this, listen to this. He says, in every age, there is the ministry of that age. These ministries of the ages are different from the local ministers. Luther was a minister of the age. Darby was also a minister of his age. In every age, the Lord has special things that he wants to accomplish. He has his own recoveries and his own works to do. The particular recovery and work that he is doing in one age is the ministry of that age. Second Kings chapter 2 is a very illumining chapter to me because this talks about uh, the case of Elijah being raptured, going up in a chariot of fire. And if you look at that whole case, Elisha, he knew that the center of the Lord's move on the earth at that time was with Elijah. And so when Elijah told Elisha, well, Elijah, you can stay here and I'll go on. Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. 
he stuck with Elijah because he realized the center of the Lord's move was with this person. And it's interesting, in that passage, there's there's some sons of the prophets who are standing afar off, observing Elijah and Elisha. We don't want to be there standing afar off, observing what the Lord is doing in this age, at this time, according to his up-to-date move. We want to be in the center of his up-to-date move. Ed, this is a point that I think it's fair to say is not widely understood, widely known, but I think it's one that we would, for all of our listeners, recommend that we would be very much before the Lord in a very earnest, even, I would say, desperate way that we could be brought in to what is the Lord's central move today. Yes. Ed, let me ask you a follow-up at this point. We heard Witness Lee apply a well-known verse from Matthew chapter 5 about being poor in spirit. Apply this verse to us in this context of being those who are able to receive uh, a current, up-to-date revelation from the Lord. Yes, Chris. What, what the Lord says here in Matthew 5, of course, he says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of the heavens. You could even translate this verse, Happy are the poor in spirit. What does it mean to be poor in spirit? Well, what it means is, that we are emptied in the depths of our being. We are emptied in our spirit from all our oldness and even from our past experiences of Christ or our past experiences in the Christian life. We need to be emptied in the depths of our being, in our spirit, so that we can receive new revelations from the Lord, so that we can enter into new experience of Christ, and so that we can walk in newness of life and serve in newness of spirit. You know, the Lord says in Matthew 18.3, he says, Unless you turn and become like little children, you shall by no means enter into the kingdom of the heavens. We all need to be like little children. And then if you look at Matthew 11.25 and 26, this is very sobering. The Lord says at this point, he says, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and revealed them to infants. Well, do we want to be wise and intelligent? Do we want a people who says, oh, I've heard that, I've seen that, I know that? If we are, this means we're filled up in our spirit. The Lord can't deposit anything. We need to be like the infants who are poor in spirit and who are able to receive new thoughts from the mind of God. This is why I would encourage our listeners to pray, Father, grant me a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the full knowledge of Christ. Chris, I would just like to mention this. You know, today, what the Lord is doing is he wants to recover three main things. First of all, he wants to recover Christ as everything to us. Christ should be everything to us. He should be our enjoyment. He should be our experience. He has to be our life and our life supply every day. And then the Lord also wants to recover the functioning of all the members of the body of Christ. This is what the Lord is doing today. He wants us to come out of the clergy-laity system. In the Bible, there's no clergy, there's no laity, there's the body of Christ, and all the members of the body of Christ should function. And finally, he wants to recover the oneness of the body of Christ according to his prayer in John 17. And we are seeing these three things being worked out on the earth today in the Lord's up-to-date move. I just pray that we all would be poor in spirit, and enter into the Lord's up-to-date move according to these three precious items. 
Ed, I was uh, intrigued following your presentation here and particularly listing these three items that you identified as part of God's up-to-date present move today. As you were speaking about being open to receive new revelation, really this is not new revelation in the sense of being outside what's presented in Scripture, is it? But these are the things that the Lord is highlighting in a particular time. Yeah, exactly, Chris. I'm glad you brought that out just to clear up any misunderstanding. It's just like Martin Luther. Martin Luther got a new revelation. He got a revelation of justification by faith. Justification by faith, though, is something in the Bible. It's just that up to that time, it had become lost. It had become buried. And so Martin Luther received a fresh revelation of justification by faith. In the same way, these three items, they're all in the Bible. But now we realize this is the time the Lord has to recover these items. And we need to see that we need to experience Christ as everything, that we need to be functioning members of the body of Christ, and that we need to stand on the genuine ground of the oneness of the body of Christ and pray that we would enter into a oneness with all the dear believers on this earth. Well, Ed, we're going to go back to Witness Lee for one short section, and it concerns uh, a little time that the Apostle Paul was able to spend in a very important city of the age. Here's Witness Lee. Paul came to Ephesus, and Paul filled up the deficiency of Apollos' ministry. Apollos was good, but Apollos left a deficiency there which caused a great trouble, even caused a division there. We all have to learn the lesson. All the time we have to humble ourselves that we will leave no loophole to the enemy to come in to cause trouble, to damage the church life. Anyhow, Paul came in and Paul filled up that deficiency. Then Paul began to do his work in uh, Ephesus. According to my reading of the Acts, he never did so much as he did in Ephesus. Listen, he went to the same synagogue to uh, testify to the Jews that Jesus is Christ for three months. Of course, that was uh, something sovereign of the Lord, that uh, the Lord has arranged a kind of environment in that same one synagogue that Paul could minister there Sure, you have to know his ministry by then, it should be a lot of teaching. And all these who got the help became the members of that church in Ephesus. After three months, some of the Jews who were dissenting, they spoke evil concerning Paul's ministry. So Paul what? So Paul pulled out all the believers out of uh, that synagogue and he rented a place. He rented a school which uh, was of a tutor, Karenus. He used that school, listen, for two years. Here is another pattern. Yes, Paul went uh, to uh, visit at the beginning of his ministry, especially in his first journey, to city after city, but in his third journey, after he came to 
to Ephesus, she didn't stay a short time and went away quickly. But rather, she stayed just in one synagogue. And then, evil speaking came up upon his ministry, and then she left with all the believers, and she went to meet in school for two years. That's why she could write the book of Ephesians to the church, because probably this is the church that had received the most spiritual education from Paul. In Asia Manor, according to history, Ephesus was the most strategic point. So, the Apostle Paul selected that place and stayed there for such a long time to establish a strong testimony for the Lord there. Then, of course, the Lord honored his uh, stay and the Lord used him very much. Not only a lot of uh, miracle signs then, but stirring up people's life. This is the only record that tells us the believers did something spontaneously. They just had a big burning to burn out all those demonic, evil uh, books which cost them quite a lot of money. 50,000 pieces of silver, I believe more than $50,000 today. Add the city of Ephesus was a critical and strategic city in the days of Acts. It was strategic for the Apostle Paul as well. After his filling up the lack in Apollos' teaching, Paul was able to spend a good deal of time in Ephesus. How important was this extended stay to the Lord in the full unveiling of the divine revelation? Well, Chris, this was very, very important. We need to thank the Lord that Paul was so burdened for the believers in Ephesus that he decided to stay there for a length of time. And we see from Acts 19, 9 and 10, that what he did was he spoke daily. I mean, every day he was speaking in the school of Tyrannus. And Tyrannus, you know, according to the text here, he might have been a teacher, and Paul might have rented his school as a meeting hall in order to proclaim the word. And we see, because he did this for two years, I mean, daily, day after day, he spoke out of this meeting hall of this dear person, Tyrannus. It says, all those dwelling in Asia heard the word of the Lord both Jews and Greeks. So this was very important. This caused the full revelation of God's eternal purpose to be propagated in all of Asia. And Chris, I would just like to end with this. This extended time in Ephesus was very important for the publication and spreading of the Lord's full revelation of his eternal purpose and his heart's desire. But also, Chris, you know, we'll see in a future broadcast, I believe, in Acts 20, how Paul was in Ephesus, how he conducted himself. And we see in Acts 20, verse 20, that on the one hand, he spoke publicly. On the other hand, he went house to house. He went into the homes of the believers and shared with them and perfected them in the full revelation of God's heart's desire. This is a pattern for us. We shouldn't just speak publicly from the platform. We need to go to the believers and go to them house to house. 
But when we come to verse 31, we also see that he said, I admonished each one of you with tears night and day for three years. This means we need personal contact with the believers. On the one hand, Paul spoke publicly, but he also entered into the homes of the believers, and he spoke to the believers one-on-one, face-to-face with tears for three years. This is a real pattern for us to follow as we minister God's word according to his full revelation into the believers for their profit and for the satisfaction of God's heart's desire. Ed, probably due to this extended time, Paul was able to arrive at a level with the saints in Ephesus that eventually led him to be able to write such a book as the Epistle to the Ephesians, which may be the highest revelation of God's intent and purpose in the New Testament, isn't it? Exactly, Chris. This is a very good point you made. I mean, Ephesians is the highest book concerning the revelation of the church as the body of Christ, which is God's goal in this universe. Ed, this has been a marvelous life study. I wish we had more time to develop and get into these points. This is a topic that we will come back to in future programs uh, from time to time, but I appreciated very much our chance to have this fellowship together and enjoy Witness Lee speaking. I think we would agree that... uh, This life study message particularly would be a very helpful one for our listeners who are enjoying and following along to get into this in more detail. Yes, Chris, I would encourage all the listeners to get this printed life study. It goes far beyond what we were able to speak and fellowship about in this broadcast. And the printed life study will really bring you more into the realization of God's up-to-date move on this earth. This message is included in volume number three of the Life Study of Acts. That's a four-volume set in total. It's a full-bound book uh, with a gold-impressed cover. It's a very handsome book. The whole four-volume set is a very nice addition. And uh, as I've mentioned before, a number of our listeners are now ordering all four just so they have the entire set and can get back into these messages in their context. Please call us toll-free, and we'll be glad to get the information and get these books off to you. Our toll-free number is one eight 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 life study that's 543-3788. And our mailing address is Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. And our email address is radio at lsm.org. Join us again tomorrow for another tremendous life study from the Book of Acts. These are one-by-one outstanding, and we hope that you don't miss any. We'll return then with Witness Lee. For Ed Marks today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. you enjoyed this program. For more information on Witness Lee and Watchman Nee, please visit our website, lsm.org. Again, that's lsm.org. Thanks for listening today.